they ask if they can camp in there with us. Of course, we have to say yes. I think these people are going to die if they don't. <laughs> what? No, no one would ever hike in the pitch black back down the side of a mountain. Saw a baby black bear, looked at it in the eyes, thought to myself, where are you getting water? Give me some of that water. Welcome to the Lux Backpacking, Hunting, and Winter Camping Chat. Sponsored by Lux Hiking Gear. Covering helpful tips and tricks from decades of time spent on the Olympic Peninsula in the mountains, rivers, and forests. Conversations for an audience ranging from the beginner all the way up to the experienced adventurer. Welcome back to the Lux Chat. This is your host, Dustin. Jake Morrison's currently out of town, so I went ahead and got another special guest. We've got another Lux employee, Kim, here. Hi, how's it going? Uh, Kim, I wanted to get you on here to get a unique perspective. I've never been on a podcast, so this is kind of weird for me. Yeah, I've never hosted one before this, so it's it's always new. I guess to start, this is kind of a broad one, and what is one, the number one, I guess, lesson or takeaway or, or tip you could give to hiking with someone you're really close to? Most of the time I go backpacking, I actually don't go alone, but each trip varies a lot depending on who you're going with. So I have a really go-with-the-flow personality, so I base my trip and what we do off of who I'm going with. So you have to know their hiking style, how many days they'll usually have free. For example, my partner, when I go with him, he really enjoys getting up into the high country and getting the mountain views. Whereas if I go with my girlfriend Jennifer, then she likes to stick in the low country and we love looking at plants together and camping by the rivers and creeks. So... <laughs> I don't know if that was... <laughs> yeah, so discussing what, uh, I guess, what everybody's goal is out of the trip is is important. And, and knowing who you're going with and, and what they might prefer. Make sure everybody has a good experience and a good time. Yes, and for me, attitude is everything. So it's along those lines, when you bring somebody that has a positive mindset, even when you guys come across the most ridiculous or scary situations they spin it in a way that you guys can look back on it and laugh or they keep their head really even killed in the moment when you need them to. Yeah, something that might be difficult or overwhelming becomes uh, an adventure or trial that they work through instead of a negative takeaway from it. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And when you're in a situation where it's the point of no return... And you can't change the situation anyway. You might as well not complain about it. Or how, how would you say that? When you're in a situation that you can't change, you might as well bring someone that's not going to make things harder for you. But they're mm -hmm. going to look for a solution with you and keep a positive attitude. Because you might as well. This just sounds like advice for life. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's just my, that should be my new everyday uh, advice. Yeah, a lot of backpacking skills and lessons that you learn when you're out on the trail do transfer over when you're back off of the trail yeah let's get into some fun stuff then i'm hoping you have some backcountry backpacking horror stories uh could be camping horror stories or i definitely do i have some really entertaining ones i am up for i'm all ears the the longest i've ever backpacked was with my partner and we actually went out for 10 days and right when we got back his mother said are you going to marry her because if you can backpack with someone for 10 days and <laughs> not kill each other then maybe you guys should get married uh-huh dang 10 days <laughs> what would you say you guys were covering like mileage wise every day or in those 10 days well, it depended. We had some days where we were already up in the high country and we weren't covering as many miles. Mm. 
it was more about the route that we did and we definitely got into some disagreements when we were out there and had to work them out yeah i could imagine it being a lot more uh, tense there's not as many well i guess there are a lot of distractions you know uh, out in the woods or out in the um, forest but there's not you can't just leave the room and and you know if you have a disagreement or something like that it's got to be more tension out there yeah you can't just walk out of the house or turn on your iphone you have to definitely sit there and deal with whatever problem you guys have and work through it and Mm -hmm. find a way to still work together and survive out in the woods i'll start off with a funny story so i used to work for the forest service and there was a trail about four miles up with a little over 2,000 feet elevation gain that very few people traveled on. Mm-hmm. And in the dead of winter, there are even less backpackers and tourists. There's some days where maybe nobody would come in for a backpacking permit. So we planned on backpacking in the middle of winter on a trail that was already had very low usage. Mm-hmm. And we figured that we would enjoy the solitude out there and we planned it and timed it so that we would wake up to snow because the snow line was dropping. Okay. That's exciting. So, so the solitude would be good. Uh, you wouldn't see anybody. It sounds kind of not scary, but if the trail's already not used and then it's middle of winter, was it already really snowy or snowing when you guys were going to start? It actually wasn't, okay. and yeah, I wouldn't have done this trip by myself, I don't think, but it wasn't as scary because I had my partner with me. The sun was going down around 4.30 p.m., so we got there shortly before nightfall, and we had a small fire. There was no snow on the ground, Okay. and then the sun went down, and you obviously have some hours to kill before you go to bed, so mm-hmm. we just hung out and went to bed early around 7 30 or 8 Mm p.m and then around midnight so four hours into sleeping we started hearing noises and we saw a light coming up to our camp weird then we realized wow there's there's people at our camp and we're in an old forest service lean-to shelter Mm -hmm. and these people are wearing are trudging up through the snow and they're wearing cotton jeans that are soaked through. What? They have t-shirts. They don't even have big jackets on at all. And they have backpacks, small backpacks. Mm-hmm. They don't have a tent with them or a sleeping bag. They brought a one of those silver emergency blankets that are super crinkly and what? loud. Yeah, I, I've used those before. Yes. So you fell asleep, no snow. You woke up four hours later around midnight and there was snow? They were walking through the snow? Yes. There was probably like five inches of snow and it was actively snowing. Yikes. What were they thinking? Uh So then they ask if they can camp in there with us. Of of course we have to say yes because I think these people (laughs) are going to die if they don't. (laughs) Yeah, you'd be murderers if not. Yeah, that's a good point too. So they took um the opposite side of the shelter from us and they we started realizing pretty soon that they were wasted out of their minds Mm. they were super drunk and 
not only that, I think they started smoking pot or something on the other side and were giggling and laughing. They weren't even oh, trying to goodness. be quiet. <laughs> and it felt like I was in a party or a city or something. I'm like, this is the opposite experience that I wanted Definitely. coming to the middle of nowhere trail in the dead of winter at midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... It turned out that they had been drinking at a party and they were drunk and the the girl said, oh, I've never been backpacking. So he said, really? Oh, we have to go right now. And he swooped her up and they drove. They must oh have been drunk driving oh, out to this trailhead and then just started up the mountain with no plans, no gear, no equipment just pure adrenaline i guess dang she was bantering on about how oh i can't do this i I have a boyfriend and he was trying to kiss on her and it was extremely awkward being in this like personal space with them and Mm -hmm. having to overhear everything and not being able to sleep we asked them to quiet down a couple times and they would get quiet for maybe a minute or two and then get back to giggling and talking and then we heard them taking it a step farther in the loud crinkly emergency blanket and that Mm. was the final straw oh my gosh my partner was like oh no if you guys are gonna do that you have to get out of here right now we're not gonna put up with that (laughs) what a nightmare so they actually did quiet down they did quiet down right after that Uh and so we were like okay maybe this can work but we me and my partner are whispering to each other like there's no way they're going to make it much longer they're going to either ask to use our sleeping bag or they're going to have to walk back down to their car Mm -hmm. and we could hear them talking about how cold they were cold they were and she was asking um should we just go back down to the car i I don't think i can sleep out here and Mm -hmm. he was trying to get her to to stay the night out there and see if they could make it till sunrise and sure enough um another half hour later they actually had to walk back down to the car but the snow by that time was way thicker and they just quickly said a goodbye to us and started trudging down the mountain drunk and i just thought in my head like are they going to make it down the mountain so i asked a coworker to check the trailhead the next morning just to see if there was a car there because mm-hmm. i was actually kind of worried but there was no car, so they must have made it back home somehow. Jeez. Amazing. That's awesome. They That's... probably couldn't feel the cold as much when you, when they, because they were so drunk. I think it gives you... Yeah, I was going to say, I used to work in a city uh, for a security company. And during the wintertime, my boss was telling me, you know, keep an eye out for uh, like transients or homeless people because they'll get drunk and fall asleep and feel nice and warm and they'll freeze to death, you know while they're asleep drunk and you'll have to call the police because there'll be a corpse there in the morning so i always thought about that you know like you said being drunk and not feeling that cold that's probably exactly what it's (laughs) i think it's a good thing you guys were out there and you know uh i didn't even think of that eventually they went back to their car because sounds like that could have been a freaking nightmare for those people yeah more than a nightmare than it already was (laughs) yeah exactly Dang, so a trail that no one ever goes on really anyways, in the winter, it's about to snow, and what do you know, a couple of drunk kids end up just crashing the party. 
That, that stinks. was definitely type two fun because now that story, looking back on it, it's hilarious and unexpected and it's kind of funny, but at the time it was a really frustrating and uh, not funny at all. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, real quick, what is type two fun? Type two fun is where, well, type one, I should start at type one fun. Type one fun <laughs> is when you're actually having fun in the moment. Okay. Type two fun is you're not having fun in the moment, but when you guys look back on it and talk about it and tell stories, it's fun. Okay. In, in retrospection. That's, I've never used that term before, so. And then type three fun is it wasn't fun in the moment, and even talking or thinking about it isn't fun either because it was so horrible. Is that a real thing, or did you make that up? No, that's a real thing. <laughs> type three fun. <laughs> Why even have that be a, a type? It's not fun. That's a good one. Huh. Okay. Um, so I'll tell a type three fun story. Oh, gosh. Okay. So we were... I have a couple of these. So we were backpacking to an off... Well, this will tell the story. Okay, we were backpacking to an off-trail lake mm-hmm. in the middle of summer. I was early on in my pregnancy. The other person that was with us did not know that I was pregnant. Mm. And at the bottom of this mountain, we had to stock up on as much water as we could until we could restock at the lake above. And we had been hiking and climbing a mountain off trail all day for about eight hours when we started wondering where this lake was because it felt like we should have gotten to it already. And we were looking at our maps and it looked like we should have been there already. And we started getting worried because we were running out of water and it is extremely hot out and when you're doing something that physically taxing, it really wears on you. Mm-hmm. And the the guy that was with us, once he ran out of water, he started to have a panic attack. Oh, no. Which is understandable. Yeah. But in crisis situations, you see people's strength come out, and he lost it. He actually sat down and said that he couldn't make it anymore and that we were going to have to call the emergency services, park services, and call the helicopters in. Well, that's not how it works. When you do call the emergency park services, they don't just immediately show up in a helicopter. We Mm -hmm. would have to survive out there for a while anyways while they worked on finding us or backpacking out to us. So me and my partner went up to the ridge to try to see, get our bearings and look at the land and the shape of the land mm-hmm. and the creeks and ridges and mountaintops around us. And he was always way better at that. So he's looking around and then all of a sudden I hear, oh, can you believe things? Uh, I've never had to try, but you can imagine oh, what sh- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then I'm like, what? What is it? And he's looking at the map and he's like, we're over here. And there's a parallel ridge that's the exact same height and orientation. And it's running exactly parallel to the ridge that we were trying to go on. Mm-hmm. So it looked like we were going in the right direction, the right altitude. Um, the bearings kind of seemed like they were in the right area until you got to the very top. 
and there was no lake. Ugh. So I'm pregnant. We're out of water. I have a grown man over here throwing a huge fit uh-huh. and cursing <laughs> and saying that he can't make it any any longer. And me and my partner just keep walking and say, well, you're going to have to because we have to keep walking. Mm-hmm. And he sits there for a little bit and then he starts to follow us and realizes that he has to keep going. And I saw a baby black bear and I just looked at it in the eyes. I wasn't excited to see it. I wasn't scared of it. And I just thought to myself, where are you getting water? I was so thirsty. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Give me some of that water. Man. And my partner actually had to backtrack us to the last place that we saw any water, which was this slimy, mucky, disgusting pond that we walked over on on a log. It was like top level gross. Uh-huh. And we were just praying that we find it. We were making jokes about drinking it on the way up. Like, oh, can you oh, imagine man. doing that? And oh. then we were trying to backtrack and praying that we could at least find this water. Dang. You don't realize how special water is until you run out of it. It sounds like, yeah, like a horror movie or something. <laughs> Yikes. So we finally make it back to this water and we're i'm just getting thirsty even remembering it and thinking about it (laughs) we're so thirsty Mm -hmm. and we immediately start filtering it but it's so thick and sludgy that we actually have to use our friend's sock it was it he hadn't worn it yet it was clean at least (laughs) so we used his wool sock to filter all of the mud out and we put that into a water bottle mm-hmm. and then we filtered that again through a Sawyer filter. Dang. So we used the sock to get out all the big particulates and then we used the Sawyer filter to get out any of the smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we put in some sort of fruit juice, electrolyte drops in it to mask the flavor and yeah. we just started drinking that up like it was liquid gold, like heaven, <laughs> heavenly oh water. I can only imagine. Yikes. And our friend was freaking out the, after he got water and just saying, I can't be out here anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the mountain tonight. And the sun's about to set. Mm. And it's very steep off trail. And you could get cliffed out. Cliffed out meaning you're going down this hillside. And then all of a sudden you come upon a a cliff right below you so you have to work your way around it either way mm-hmm. so you can't just do a straight line down the mountain and beeline it it's not that simple yeah and imagine trying to do that in the pitch in black the dark dark yeah where you could trip on branches and trees and this is like really really thick forest this isn't it's not open at all it's western washington super thick forest with downed logs and trees everywhere and branches in your face and leaves in the middle of summer so we had to tell him no you're not stay here you have to stay here with us tonight are you going to go do that alone that's not safe so we talked him out of it Mm -hmm. and then we camped there for the night and a bear definitely came next to our camp we could hear it um moving around and digging into a log for insects or something and brambling about but he didn't bother us and then the next morning sorry and then the next morning we 
went down the hillside and when we made it to the creek it was so beautiful such precious clear water and we washed off in it and drank lots of water and then worked our way back out of the trail into civilization so the where you guys made it to the next day that was the goal the whole time was, no. was that place where you found a, a, another we that was actually the creek that we started at we just came back down oh, to it okay. we gotcha. never made it to that lake i still have not been to that lake <laughs> Yikes! but my partner after he was promising me that that was never going to happen again and that telling me how uh, much that scared him and how serious it was mm-hmm. the next week he was saying oh i'm going to go back there and i just my mouth dropped open like what <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about he just oh. had this need to yeah this drive to conquer it even more Mm -hmm. just because he that happened to him the first time he wanted to go back even more and find this lake so he actually did go back and had a great trip but for me i just didn't care at all wasn't worth it to me and yeah i don't think i ever want to go back to that lake or try to yeah so that's the type three fun huh yeah that's type three that's not even fun thing to think back on yeah um was this, I'm curious, the person you went with, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt any feelings. Was this someone that you guys had gone with on, on other trips before? Did anyone know he was going to have a tough time? Or was oh, it kind of a... the other friend. Yeah. Well, my partner had gone on more backpacking trips with him. And he's the type of person that loves to cover a lot of miles and do big trips, but not as much spend the night out there mm, okay. um i think on a couple other trips he had changed his mind mid-trip and just decided to hike back and work his way towards the trailhead and hike all night he's done that before yeah so i got you so because it's just it's funny i like i was joking oh it sounds like a horror movie you know every time i see a movie where someone decides in the middle of the night you know oh screw this i'm gonna try to hike back down and everybody's like it's the middle of the night why would and as the viewer you're like what no no one would ever decide to just go try to hike in the pitch black dark back down the side of a mountain anybody who would you know half a brain would stay the night but i guess it's not that simple yes you can be pushed to do some extreme things when you're out there exactly that's why it's so important to get people that are emotionally even killed because that's his fear and his emotions telling him I have to get out now and his panicking instead of calming down and using logic to go okay it's safer to wait and go during the daylight and there's no rush and I'm mm-hmm. okay yeah yikes yes <sighs> people really do that it's make me not want to go go out for an extended one <laughs> yeah just be careful about who you're going out with and yeah. make sure and you can you can kind of tell it's easier to backpack with someone who's maybe not very physically fit but they're really optimistic helpful person mm-hmm. than to go with someone who can't handle any amount of stressful situation yeah and they could be the most fit gym rat in the world and they'll break or freak out once they get out there so hmm I like it. It's good advice, and it's good a good knowledge there. Um, hmm. Another horror story of type three fun. Oh yeah, keep them coming. I like <laughs> this. Is, 
Dang, I feel like... These are just the worst ones. I feel like you guys are the people to know in, like, the end of the world, you know, stuff hits the fan type of scenario, because it sounds like you guys have been through it all. I, I thought I, you know, like, have had some tough times in life, but sounds like you guys have got me beat by a long, long shot. I mean, it's all yeah, relative, th- I guess. Yeah, it's all relative, but yes, it's a different level of tough when you feel like your life is in danger or you're almost out of water or food or you're lost and don't know where you are yeah it just ramps it up to a whole other level where people can't use coping mechanisms and their truth strength has to come out dang yeah i've never had to filter my water through a clean sock and then a bottle and then you know drink out of a puddle so now, I have a feeling that you would just do it rather than complain about it. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say what I would... Oh, I'd definitely do it, you know, uh, sitting here in, in our nice little area. But I try to keep a mindset that I wouldn't be the first person to do it. You know, there's plenty of other people who've done it. It's not that big of a deal. And how did people survive before tap water and filters and stuff like that so might as well get it done and if it's you know if it kills me then i, I had a good run <laughs> but, <laughs> and um, it could always be worse it could be like a donner party situation where you're having to like eat each other or eat people to survive have you heard of that story <laughs> no but i mean that see that doesn't sound that bad i mean <laughs> you can you can google it look up the donner party yeah i don't wanna, i won't make any jokes because that sounds I'll, I'll look it up after all this <clears throat> Um, okay, let's hear that. Let's jump in that other one. Another type three horror story. So this is right before I got pregnant. So this was actually four months before this other story I just told you. So you think I would have learned my lesson <laughs> oh, from doing dangerous trips. But there we were off trail going to a different off trail lake. Mm-hmm. And there was this huge basin. And we found a couple different ideas and directions from people online that had done it. Mm-hmm. So we decided to try to circle the basin and stay up high on the ridgeline and work our way over to the lake. And it was very loose shale that would just give out under your feet. And we were hiking all day in the hot sun with our heavy packs. And we finally start to get closer to the lake. And there's this huge hillside that's steep. Mm -hmm. And my partner looks at me and he looks at the map and he's saying, well, that is really steep. But if we can make it to the top, the other side doesn't look nearly as steep on the topo lines. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we look at the topo lines on the map and he's right. They're spaced farther apart on the other side. So I think, well, if I can do something this steep it won't be as steep on the other side there it was so steep that there weren't even plants or mountain goat tracks or anything so we start working our way up it very slowly we left at probably well pause you're gonna have to cut that out Mm -hmm. so we had stayed at the night the night at the base of this steep hillside and we just thought okay we'll go up it in the morning Okay. So we left at 8 a.m. And by 8.30, we were at the top of it. We got up there pretty fast. And that's it, that 
the steep steep you leave at eight steep steep hillside or uh, yeah steep hillside you make it up by 8:30, so pretty quick what happens next because I feel like it's it's got to be something you're not expecting so we look out over the edge right when we get up there and we have that oh crap moment where we look down the other side and it's actually way more steep than the side we just climbed up it actually looks impossibly steep oh man uh-huh but the way back out would take us another day which we hadn't planned for and we sat there for a long time and we decided to go for it which probably wasn't the smartest idea <laughs> uh -huh. but i'm alive right now mm -hmm. and it was just super steep shale with very steep ice and snow at the bottom of it so if you did fall yikes you would be very badly injured and then go flying even farther on the snow and ice mm -hmm. and gain more and more speed until something broke your, your speed Ooh. <laughs> yeah yikes so we got to the bottom of it with our legs shaking by that time around noon Dang. So it was about the same height as the side we climbed, which only took a half hour, but we got down by noon. That's how steep it was, just slowly Jeez. moving and being very careful with each step. Mm -hmm. Imagine that you have no plants to grab onto, nothing to lean into, and you're just carefully working your way down on this loose rock and making sure you're not making any bad steps. Very scary. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd have made it. <laughs> I probably would have been smart calls. to turn around. Yeah. Dang. Well, I mean, you're here, so obviously yes. you guys made it down pretty okay. And then once we made it over to the other side, we climbed up this rocky waterfall up to the lake, and the rest of the trip was just seemed very easy, but mm -hmm. that wasn't worth it to me, even though we did make it to the lake, and looking back on it, it still wasn't fun or worth it, and... I would just make different choices next time I came across a situation like that, I think. Because once you're in it and you realize that your life is at stake, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's never worth it. Yeah. Was the map wrong or was it just a misread or something like that? Because you said it looked like it was not very steep. Yes. Well, over here... Where we live in western Washington, we have a lot of steep mountains and rough terrain and big trees. And it's common that actually the topo maps are off or mm. they don't show everything because okay. a lot of it is covered in old growth trees or there's cliffs and caverns that don't show on the map mm -hmm. or the topo lines are off. Um, I've run across that quite a few times actually. Okay. You can't tell what's on the ground from your map. Yeah, that makes sense. Dang. Well, that one's scary. Um, real quick, I'm curious. Before you and your partner from these last couple stories, did you do a lot of hiking and like long trips or dangerous trips before going with that partner? That's a good point. Um, <laughs> I did because I because I have done multiple backpacking trips before mm -hmm. without them and I was perfectly safe and fine and I stuck <laughs> to the trails. Hmm. I'd is... say the danger level goes way up when you decide to go on off-trail adventures here. Yeah. 
Okay. I was curious. Um, if you've got one more, I think we've got time for one more um, on the podcast. Can you think of anything? Okay. Anything else that sticks out? Like I said, I'm, I'm sure this could be like a 30 episode long podcast where we just talk about funny stories um, that you've had. But Okay, so I'll finish this up with one more little funny story. And this starts on the trail and we came across an older man mm. who walked up to us and he had drool coming out of his mouth and it looked like his mouth was paralyzed on one side. This is going to be a funny one, right? Yes. <laughs> it sounds like I a horror s- story already. It sounds like a horror story, but it's okay. funny. <laughs> and he tells us, I feel like a soldier what? who pulled their own grenade and it went off in their pocket. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, he tells us that he had his bear spray in his pocket, which you don't need bear spray in the first place where we live. Uh-huh. But he had pulled it in his pocket, and it went off and got all over his hand and his pants and on his genitals. Oh, my And then God. <laughs> he tried to rub it off. He got some on his face, hence oh, the tears and his the mouth looking paralyzed. The, oh my gosh. And he got it on. <laughs> the worst part was his genitals, and I was like, I can't help you out. I'm not going to help you clean that, buddy. Yeah, good luck. And I just told him, don't use water. If you get bear spray or any of that stuff on you, water is going to spread it all over your body, mm-hmm. spread the burning, and make it worse. Yeah. Use soap. You have to hike out of here and use soap. <laughs> that made that, that made me laugh pretty hard. Oh. I mean, it was probably horrible what he was going through because bear spray is way more powerful than pepper spray. But it was funny to look at and watch. Yeah, definitely. You don't <laughs> expect that kind of thing to just come out of nowhere. That is a good yeah, one. You never know what you're going to run into on the trail. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you think he made it back pretty safely? <laughs> yeah, hopefully everything works still. Yeah, how how deep were you guys out in the on the trail? Oh, by the time I had run across him, it was actually only a mile and a half from the trailhead. Mm, okay. So, and he was on his way out. So, <laughs> hopefully he Yikes. made it out okay. He'll probably never forget that and be very careful with his bear spray in the he, future. Yeah, maybe he'll hear this and uh, come on by and say hi, but gosh. And I know firsthand that... I shouldn't say firsthand. You can cut that part out. And I've heard from another person that had accidentally sprayed their bear spray a little bit. Mm. And they were trying to wash it off in the creek or the river. And they just spread it Mm -hmm. all over themselves and were in so much pain. So I've run across that situation twice. And I'm never going to let that happen to me. Yikes. There's a big piece of advice for everyone out there that wants to carry bear spray. Do not use water. Yeah. Um... I guess the big, the biggest piece is see if you need bear spray for your area, and, yeah. then, and if you don't, definitely avoid it uh, if you don't have to carry it. But um, yeah, why carry that extra weight out there? Yeah, I've heard not you know uh, bear spray, but I've got friends who work for uh, corrections institutes, and they they have to get sprayed with uh, the OC spray that they carry. Oh no! Um, and they always say. You get home after that training and you go to wash it out and the water reactivates it and saves <gasps> in your hair and then it runs down in your eyes. 
So I've oh, heard some pretty bad terrible. horror stories. Yeah, about that. I can only imagine. I would think bear spray would be worse or more powerful, but I don't know the. I'm not sure ingredients actually. in them. Yeah, maybe they make make it worse for uh, prisons. Who knows? That's Ooh. something I'll have to look up. But eesh, yeah. Yeah, I would rather practice bear safety and keep food away from my camp and properly store my food mm-hmm. and make sure I'm not going in between. And make sure I'm not going in between a cub and its mother. I would rather just practice safety and awareness when I'm out there. Yeah, preventative yes. measures then. Because sometimes scenario. you could just piss off the bear even more if you're not using it right. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's, uh, thanks for listening to my ridiculous stories. Thanks for uh, tuning in again, folks. We definitely appreciate it. Um, we'll have another podcast coming when the boss gets back to town. Uh, we'll probably be going over some hunting stuff again. Um, but it's nice to get that break um, from the usual stuff and, and have uh, special guests on. So thank you, Kim. I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to go check out our Instagram, uh, our YouTube. We've got new videos going up. Um, and we'll have more winter content coming also. Thank you, Dustin. It was really nice chatting with you. Oh, no, no biggie. Thank you. <laughs>